Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Good morning, everyone. Happy Resurrection Sunday. What a story. Isn't that incredible? Come on, let's give God our praise one more time. Say thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Well, I want to welcome you to church on this Easter Sunday. This is such a special day. As we gather together as a church community and all of you joining us online, we want to give a special welcome to you as well. And we celebrate this Sunday with Christians all around the world. And Easter truly is the bedrock of our faith, the Easter story, the Easter message that, as Cody said, that in Christ, all the old things have passed away and everything has become new. Everything has become new. So I'm so thankful to gather uh, with all of you today on this on this Easter Sunday, our theme for this Easter, if you haven't figured it out already, is all things new, because all things have been made new because of Jesus. And it's also our theme that we are continuing in for the next number of weeks after Easter, starting next Sunday. So I want to invite you back uh, to join us for this message series where we look together at the post-resurrection encounters where Jesus, after his resurrection, met with his friends and We want to talk about how the life-changing Jesus is still changing lives today. The resurrected Christ is still actively involved in people's lives today. And so we invite you to join us starting next Sunday. So if you have a Bible this morning, John chapter 20, it's in your New Testament. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the fourth book in if you're new to the Bible. And I want us to look together today at the first place, the first occasion where the resurrected Christ appeared and showed himself to some of his friends. And that place was in a garden, the garden tomb. So reading together from John chapter 20, we also understand that there are a few events that took place Uh, in Matthew's gospel. It tells us that the events that had taken place earlier in the morning, that there was an earthquake and that the stone had been rolled away. And the angel of the Lord rolled away that stone and sat on it. I love that. It's like just hanging out on the stone. But the guards were so afraid, the guards that were guarding that tomb, uh, that they had fainted like dead men. And so obviously that had taken place. And now the scene comes. Mary Magdalene on her way with some other women following behind. John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene came to the grave on the first day of the week. And it was early in the morning and not very light. And she saw the stone had been taken away from the grave. And so she ran and she met Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the grave. And we don't know where they have laid him. And then Peter, that other disciple, also went to the grave. And both of them ran. And the other disciple ran faster than Peter and got to the grave first. And so he bent down and he looked in and he saw the linen cloths lying there. But he did not go inside. And then Simon Peter came up behind him and he went into the grave and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And he also saw the small cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. And it was not with the other cloths, but it was folded together by itself in another place. And then the other disciple who got there first, he also went in and he saw and he believed. Until this time, they did not understand 
the holy writings where it says that he must rise from death. And then the disciples went away again to their own homes. And here's where I want us to focus this morning, starting at verse 11. But Mary stood outside the grave crying. And she bent down and she looked into the grave. And she saw two angels with white clothes on. And they were sitting where Jesus' body had been. And one sat on the head and one on the foot. And they said to her, woman, why are you crying? And she said to them, they've taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they have laid him. And when she said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? And who are you looking for? And she thought that he was the man who took care of the garden. And so she said to him, sir, if if you've carried him away, tell me, tell me where you have laid him and I, I will take him away. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and she turned around and she looked and she said, Master. And Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet gone up to my father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am going up to my father and he is your father also. And I'm going up to my God and he is your God also. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and she said, I have seen the Lord. <laughs> and she told them what he had said to her. Hallelujah. <laughs> what a story. What a beautiful, beautiful story of the risen Christ. I want to share with you this morning how Jesus turns graves into gardens. How Jesus turns graves into gardens. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this Easter Sunday as we've come here to celebrate and to worship you and to be in your word. And we pray, God, as we look again at this very first Easter, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would make the word of God come alive to us. You would make resurrection come alive to us again today. And I thank you, God, that whatever grave that we are staring into, that you are the one who turns all things from death to life. You make dead things live and you make all things new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus turns graves into gardens. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many people here are early morning risers? You like to get up early in the morning. Come on, raise your hand if you're here at home. You're early morning people. And we love you morning people. You're great. Because you're usually pretty excited when you wake up in the morning. You're smiling. You're making your coffee. And how many know that the mornings now, spring's coming to Calgary. How many know the snow is melting and the spring is coming and the mornings are getting earlier? I've noticed that recently. And morning people, some people are not morning people. They're a little grumpier. They're, how many people are like, I, I like to sleep in. I get up a little slower. Okay. We love you people too. But sometimes our, the morning people, we, we, can, we can annoy the, the not so morning people, right? Isn't that true? Now, I don't know about this Easter morning in the, in the sense that I don't know if Mary Magdalene was a morning person or not. But on this morning, I'll tell you 
for sure she wasn't in a good state of mind. She didn't wake up saying, oh, it's Easter Sunday. In fact, quite the opposite. Mary, as she made her way to that garden tomb on that Easter morning, you see Jesus had died on the Friday and they were just waiting on Saturday and, and, and they saw all the events that took place. They were discouraged. They were defeated. They were sad. They were grieving. Deep grief. I'm sure it was gripping their hearts. So as Mary came with the other women to follow, we know from another gospel that the women came to the tomb that morning with spices and with ointment to anoint Jesus. And, and this was custom. This is what they would, they would do. But I wonder if even beyond the custom, I wonder if even as they brought the spices and the ointment to anoint Jesus' body, that somehow they were, they were feeling that maybe they could do something because this had been so tragic. This had been such a loss. Jesus was no longer with them. They were tired. They were weary. They were discouraged. They were depressed. But as they came with the spices that they might anoint his body, perhaps the, the spices and the ointment would somehow make things less painful. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they could do something. Perhaps they would bring even temporarily a, a sense of, of newness and, and peace to this tragic situation. I think this is true about our humanity. If this were the case, that I think we could identify with this because in our human state, when faced with disappointment, we, we try often to do something to bring newness, to cover the pain. There's, something I, there's gotta be something I can do when things have gone so bad. When, when things have gone in a direction that I didn't expect them to go, when when I thought this was going to be life and all I found was death, whether it be the death of a dream or maybe something that took place, maybe even a death of somebody you love actually grieving. Maybe there's been a, a loss of a job or a loss or brokenness in a relationship. Whatever it is, as, as humans, we, the human soul longs for newness. And so, uh, you know, we, we crave newness. And even as we realize that one day, these bodies will, will pass away, that our physical bodies, that one day we, we will die. There's a statistic that says that 10 out of 10 people actually eventually die. A hundred percent chance that one day your physical body will die unless we are, of course, resurrected in that, on that beautiful day. But even if we die in Christ, we don't die forever. In Christ, we have eternal life and we have hope because Jesus physically resurrected from the grave. He conquered death and hell once and for all. And because Jesus did it, the promise is ours as well that we have resurrection life. But we long for newness. This is why when we look back on pictures of when we were younger, some of us look back and say, I was much more in shape 10 or 15 years ago. We look at photos and we, I had more hair. And so we try to do things to, to improve ourselves. We buy new clothes. We buy new homes. We buy new vehicles because we crave newness. We want to do something because we recognize that we are wasting away in the flesh. And as humans, we also share a deep desire for a new opportunity. Uh, things I've said, I wish I could say them differently or better. I, I wish I had a new opportunity to go back and to have that conversation again. Maybe there are things that I've done that I wish I, I could do them over. If I could only have a chance to start over. We crave newness. 
bad decisions. I wish I could make better ones. Relationships. I wish I could change that. And these things, I believe, are all a desire for newness. We all crave this. Something I could do. And because this was such a tragic situation, the women, as they went to the tomb, maybe this is what they were thinking. Maybe there's something we could do that will just take the pain away a little bit. Just a little bit. And I think we can identify with this. As we read in the scripture this morning, the events that took place according to the gospel of John, Mary got to the tomb and she got there early in the morning and the, the stone had been rolled away. She ran. She told the disciples, Peter and John came back. They had a foot race and John always makes it very clear for time and eternity that he was younger than Peter and he won and he got there first and they ran back to the tomb. They peered in, they saw And eventually they studied and they saw and they believed. John believed. So this is what had taken place. But at one point there were angels there. But but here's what happened. At one point we read that Mary is by herself. Mary is by herself. And and this is where I want us just to to land here just for a few moments on this Easter Sunday. And, and, And where Mary is by herself, everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. And the grave that she had gone to and that she was peering into, all of a sudden it became a place where she encountered the living Savior in a garden. Mary was originally focused on the grave, this place of hopelessness, this place of despair, this place of death. But the grave became a garden as she encountered the risen Christ. The grave became a garden. And like Mary, this is true for us as we encounter Jesus afresh and anew on this Easter Sunday. First of all, she was seen by Jesus. And I want to remind you today that Jesus sees you. He sees your pain. He sees the brokenness. He sees the the fears, the, 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 the grave that you might be staring into even right now. Even today on this Easter Sunday, you woke up and you're like, I want to be happy. It's Easter. But I'm having a challenge because of all the things that are going on from this past week, from this past year, all the things in your mind and in your heart that are unsettled and and, and you're trying to find the joy of the Lord. You're saying, man, at First Assembly, we're talking about joy for the journey, but you're reaching deep inside. And as much as you're reaching deep inside, the grave of despair and disappointment and discouragement is still staring in front of you. You're still staring at it. You're still seeing it. But in your pain and, and in your loss, And maybe some of you have lost things. Maybe some of you are experiencing incredible brokenness in your life. And maybe for you, as you are in your pain, it's the loss of a dream. It's the loss of something you set out to do or plan to do. And and there could be all kinds of reasons this morning that you are in despair and pain like Mary was. But I want to remind you today that Jesus sees you. He saw Mary. And this is when things begin to turn from her, from the grave to the garden. She began to realize that she was at that garden tomb. And at that garden tomb, there was definitely a tomb. But now, things begin to change. And Jesus asked her, why are you crying? And for you, this Easter, there may be tears. There may be crying. You may be going through this time of pain and loss. But what seems to be like a grave is not a dead end. For you, it may seem like a dead end, but I want to encourage you, when Jesus shows up, it's no longer a dead end. There is life beyond the grave because the risen Christ sees you. 
You're seen. You're seen in your pain. You're seen in your brokenness. Zacchaeus, when he was looking for Jesus, he was up in a tree and Jesus saw him when he was walking into the city. He saw Zacchaeus. Maybe you're up in a tree or you're observing Jesus this Easter. You're looking from a distance or you are right in the middle of your pain and staring right into what seems to be a dead end or a grave for you. I want to let you know Jesus sees you. And this is why all things can become new. We also see this, that she was known by Jesus. And we are known by him. Such a beautiful part of the story where, where Jesus calls out her name and says, Mary. Could you imagine what that would have been like for her? The, the emotion that might have welled up in her soul when she heard her friend, Jesus, the one that she loved so much and who loved her so much. And, and this, this Mary in church tradition says that, you know, she was from Magdala and she was likely involved in an immoral lifestyle and she was delivered of seven demons and Jesus had done so much for her and there was such closeness and, and such healing that took place in her life. And the one who, who she loved so dearly and she missed so much at that garden tomb that morning, all of a sudden, as she looked out, through that darkness, she heard her name, Mary. Mary. What a moment that must have been as he called out her name. Don't you just love the sound of your own name? We do, don't we? If I'm in Chinook Mall or somewhere and somebody yells out, Ben! My ears perk up. Has that ever happened to you? It's usually some mother chasing her child through the food court or something like that. But if somebody calls out my name, I listen. For Mary, Jesus called out her name. And then Jesus does this. He invites her in to be part of a new family. This is why all things are new. This is how, this is how graves became a grave became a garden for Mary because she was now invited into something new. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet gone up to, to my father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am going to my father and he is your father also. And I am going up to my God and he is your God. In other words, Jesus was saying to Mary, you're now part of a new family. He, he, he said to Mary, he said, listen, I see you in your pain. I'm calling you by, by name and I am placing you in a new eternal family. You see, Jesus had called uh, his disciples and, and others, his servants and his friends. But now Jesus, he uses this term. He says, they are my brothers and he calls them family. Do you realize that in Christ, that as you are staring at the despair of darkness and grave and dead ends today, that even though you are looking at a grave, that you are, have been called. You've been called out of pain. Jesus sees you in your pain. He calls you out by name and he places you and me in his family. It's beautiful. Eternally. That we are part of the family of God. Even in Cody's testimony this morning, we, we heard that it was through people, it was through family extending to him that he came to know God in a personal way. Romans says, for his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we really are God's children. And since we are his children, we share his treasures. For all God gives to his son, Jesus, is now ours too. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you this morning, your grave will become a garden when you realize Jesus sees you 
He's not going to leave you there. He's calling you out of that. He's calling you out by name. Just like Jesus, when he spoke into the tomb of Lazarus, he called him by name and he said, Lazarus, come out of there. And Jesus is speaking your name today and calling you out of that place of despair on this Easter Sunday that we can one moment be seeing and staring into a grave, but at the next moment we can find ourselves in the garden with Jesus as he calls us out. All things are new because the grave is not the final word. There is a garden. There's always been a garden and there's always been one who meets us in that garden. There's always been a garden. The grave is not final because the garden is right there. It's so interesting to me that up until Jesus called her name, that, that Mary thought that Jesus was the gardener. She, she thought, well, it's not Jesus, it's a gardener. And we don't know exactly why that is. Some people say, some Bible scholars, whatever they say, is because it was dark and it was still early in the morning and she couldn't quite see other people said, well, maybe it's because she had tears and she couldn't quite see as she was staring out of that tomb. She, she kind of saw this figure there. She didn't know it was him right away. Could be that she, she was just kept from seeing Jesus, similar to the men who are on the road to Emmaus. We don't know why. But maybe you're here this morning or you're listening and you've always just kind of seen Jesus as a man. He's not really, it's not really Jesus. Maybe even in the despair and the brokenness of your own tomb, of your own brokenness, of your own loss, of your dream, or whatever is going on in your life today, whatever grief or pain that you are in, and you are staring into that tomb, maybe as you are staring through that tomb, you still see Jesus as maybe just a fictional story, or just some, you know, kind of uh, encouraging leader from the past, some religious leader that can help me apply some things to my life. You don't really see him as the resurrected Savior. Maybe at first glance, you just see Jesus like the gardener. And I want to encourage you today that Jesus, he's more than just a man. He was fully man, but he was fully God. What a savior. What a, he was so mighty. Think about this, friends. Jesus, so mighty, so God, that he willingly, and John shows us this, he willingly went to the cross. He was in control of that cross. He willingly laid down his life. He knew what he was doing. And then... He went and he literally destroyed and kicked down the gates of hell. What a savior. He conquered death and hell for you and for me. What a savior who could go and destroy the gates of hell, then resurrect physically, completely God. And he was so God that he could do that, but he was so human that what did he do when he first resurrected? He went to comfort his friends, to meet his friend Mary and some of the other women, to meet the disciples in their fear, to meet some disciples on a beach and make a, make a, make a fire and cook them some breakfast. What a, what a, he's so human that he just, he just had a heart just to say, hey, I'm still alive. What a savior. What a God. And so maybe you've seen Jesus as just a man only. Can I encourage you today to put your trust and your faith in him? He is not just a man. He is fully God and fully man, savior of the world who loved you so much. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, 
He knew what he was doing and he laid his life down as a sacrifice to take away the sin of all mankind. He died and was buried and resurrected on that Easter Sunday. And he's alive today. And because Jesus resurrected physically one day, the promise is that we all will live forever. And we will actually physically resurrect, not just spiritually. Our physical bodies will be renewed. Wow, what a promise. Glorified bodies. Incredible. I'm looking forward to mine. It's going to have a lot of muscles. It's going to, I'm going to have a six pack. I might even have an eight pack. I might even have some long flowing hair and a sword. You guys wait to see my glorified body. It's going to be pretty cool. And right now I want newness. And so I go to the gym and I try to eat healthy because I crave newness. And we crave newness and we crave it, we crave it, we crave it. But all we find ourselves doing often is staring in that grave. But when we meet Jesus, when we meet him in the garden, when he, 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 he takes our sin and our brokenness and our past and our grave, and he calls us out of that grave like Lazarus, and he says, all things are new for you because of what I did for you. So don't just see Jesus like a man. You might be seeing not so clearly today. But here's another perspective. Here's another perspective. What if maybe Mary was right in a sense? That Jesus in some ways has always been the gardener. You see, it was in a garden that God created us, mankind, to live in, in a garden. He planted us. He, he formed us out of the soil of the earth. And he planted us, mankind, as a seed to live in that garden and to commune with him. In that, he was the gardener from the beginning. And it seems like God's heart was always beating in a garden. God from the beginning in that garden. And, and even Jesus, before he went to the cross, he was in a garden. And, and, and he was being crushed and pressed. And, and he was in a garden. And now he finds his friend Mary in a garden. And that gardener is still the gardener. The gardener has always been calling your name and he's calling people today. That gardener from the very beginning, you see what happened was in that original garden because of sin, because of the choices of mankind, that garden became a grave. But here comes the second Adam, the second Adam now seeking humanity, now turning graves into gardens, turning graves into gardens, offering hope and forgiveness and redemption. The gardener has always been calling your name from the beginning. And here's Jesus calling you back. Get out of that grave. It's time to live in the garden. It's time to enjoy eternal life. It's time to come to me and know me and walk with me. The risen Christ. In Revelation, the risen Christ, he's the one that's seated on the throne. He says, behold, I am making all things new. And do you know, Revelation shows us that in the future, in heaven, in eternity, there's a garden again because the tree of life is back there in that garden. And the fruit is there where the river of God flows. And we have so much to look forward to because of the resurrection. We will live forever with Jesus. We will rule and we will reign with Christ. He's alive. He's alive. He is not dead. Why are you looking for the dead? He's alive. And he's alive today. And Jesus today can take whatever grave you find yourself in or looking into. He can call you out of that. And you might see him as the gardener at first. You're not sure who he is. But when he calls your name, when he sees your pain, he sees you, he calls you, he invites you into family. And graves become gardens when we encounter the risen Christ. He's calling your name today. 
I wonder if you'd stand with me in this room today. All things are new because the grave is not the final word. There may be some people here today or you're watching online. And this is the Easter for you. To consciously surrender your life to Jesus, the risen Savior. This story that we read from the Bible, it's not just a metaphor, it's real. It's We are living proof. Each one of us who have encountered the risen Christ and have been transformed are continuing to be transformed by him. We have hope and eternity to look forward to because Jesus has conquered death and hell once and for all. This morning, some of you, I believe that God is calling you out of a place that feels like a grave for you. It feel, you feel stuck, it feels trapped, it feels broken. And you've tried to renew and you've tried to do things to improve yourself. And there's nothing wrong with trying to improve yourself. All those things are natural, but they will never save you. And this morning, Jesus calls you to him like he called Mary in that garden. He says, get out of that grave and step into life. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. And if you put your trust in him, you will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven. If you believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, you got to believe, like Hunter said today, in the resurrection. It's part of being a Christian. It's what our whole faith hangs on, that Jesus is alive. He still is. And he invites you to know him today. And friend, if you're here today, I would love to just pray with you, whether you're in the room or you're online. And if you're here, even in this room, as we're praying right now, if there's anyone here today in this room, let's start here. Anyone here today, you say, that's me. I'm giving my life to Christ. Whether the first time or you've been away from God, today's your day. We have a Bible we're going to give you in a moment. After the service, we'd like to help you. But even right now in this moment, you're just saying, that's me. I'm raising my hand. Would you pray for me? Would you remember me in prayer today, Ben? That's me. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Just raise your hand nice and high. I'm just going to look around the room for a moment and just see if there's some in this room this morning. Yep. There were some hands in the first service. There's a hand going up. There may be others. Just raise your hand until I can see it. So, Father, you see these hands that are being raised to you this morning. And, God, they represent hearts that are being surrendered to you even in these moments. And if that's your prayer today, let me lead you in this prayer. and Pray something like this from your heart. Jesus, on this Easter Sunday, I surrender my life to you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Lord, I thank you for being the risen Savior. I believe in you, that you rose from the grave, that you're alive today. Come into my life, Jesus. Cleanse me and forgive me. Today, I put my trust in you. Thank you for saving me. And as you pray to prayer like that from your heart today, whether it be the first time or you're coming back to Jesus, I want to say well done. And we want to say praise God. Come on, friends. Let's just say thank you, Jesus, for what he's doing. He's bringing new life. And today, if you are here and it's been like you've been trapped in a place of discouragement, despair, and you've been staring at that grave. This morning, I want to declare resurrection power over you today. I want to declare resurrection power, that bodies are being healed, that lives are being changed, that people that are lost and have walked away from Jesus, family members and friends, that this morning and today, that resurrection power is flowing in this place. Come on, let's reach out for it even right now. Father, we receive the resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is alive and actively working in us today. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' 
name. Amen. Come on, church, one more time. Let's give God all of our praise. Say thank you, Jesus. Let's worship Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church. 